My name is Charity Dodd, and this is the Blended Learning in Action podcast, sponsored by McGraw-Hill Education Company. Welcome to this episode of the Blended Learning in Action podcast. I am your host, Charity Dodd, and in this episode, we'll talk with Ashley Clark about setting up your classroom for a new school year. Ashley Clark is a transformational coach for Link. Prior to joining the Link team, Ashley was a fifth and sixth grade math teacher in Baltimore City, Maryland. She considers herself a pedagogical problem-solving cheerleader for educators everywhere, helping teachers shift their focus from lecturer to facilitator of learning and putting students at the heart of the classroom. Ashley is my colleague and incredibly creative. We were talking about content that we create for teachers and we wanted to set up something for educators who are new because we know we're having a lot of new teachers this year and we wanted to set them up for success and we were both educators and we were thinking what could we do to help new teachers with their first year, even even second year, and even third year. Welcome, Ashley. And Ashley is getting married soon. I so. am. Yeah. Doing, doing all the DIY things. <laughs> and then she created this incredibly awesome resource that I said, okay, let's do a podcast and let's share what she created. So thank you and welcome. Absolutely. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. Let's get into our questions here. We're starting the new year and there are, like I said, so many new teachers, new educators, new staff. Can you share some things that you wish you knew as a first year teacher? So for me, one of the things that I really struggled with my first couple of years teaching, I'm fresh out of college, not in like a a relationship, not... It didn't have any any kids, a family, or anything like that. And something that was really difficult for me, but like I secretly enjoyed, <laughs> was like saying yes and or feeling the need to say yes to doing all the extra things at work, right? Like picking up an extra lunch duty, dealing with and or doing running a an after school club or sport, pitching in to stay late, coming in early. And those things really like started to snowball <laughs> after like a couple months or into a year. And I just found myself doing all of the extra things, mm-hmm. especially like outside of my contract time. Probably like one of my biggest pieces of advice and or things to know as a first year teacher is really learning to set boundaries, professional work and home life boundaries. Because it can get very easy to be willing to say yes. And that's great if you're wanting to do some things here and there, but really taking the time to set those boundaries and be like, okay, yeah, I did this. I can't add another thing to my plate on top of all the other things that you're already doing for your classroom. Yeah. I've heard you talk about this before too, Ashley. This is not the first time you've said it. And it's not the first time yeah. I think many of us would say. The reason we say yes Primarily, we want to be there for the kids and we want to make things happen for the kids. Absolutely. But if we're burnt out, we're not going to be there like we want to be and need to be for our students. Oh, 100%. And it, it can then turn into 
Well, if you're focused, hyper-focused on doing this one after-school activity, maybe you didn't have time that day to get to, I don't know, make copies for that specific lesson that you wanted to do during the day, or even lesson planning, right? Which we know for first-year teachers can sometimes be (laughs) coming from writing like (laughs) five or six-page lesson plans. Right. To then entering the real world, you're like, okay, well, how am I gonna like differentiate my time here and make sure that I'm I'm creating a boundary, but also being able to prioritize the things that I need to do. Yeah. So setting boundaries, we want to keep all the new educators. We want to keep all the old educators. Mm-hmm. But even you know, as a veteran teacher, we need to learn to set boundaries too. So good advice. Good advice. Hundred percent. That's something that you wish you knew. So what is the best advice you have for new teachers other than that? And then the best advice you received as a first year teacher? Probably my biggest piece of advice for newer teachers and even veteran teachers, honestly, relationships and representation matters in your classroom. At the end of the day, you can know all the curriculum and content. You can feel like you're an expert teacher and that's awesome. We love that. We love content experts. But ultimately, um, and Rita Pearson has a whole TED talk on this, if you've ever seen it. I'm sure you probably have. Every kid needs a champion. Love Love. that TED talk. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's great. She's very humorous, but also like very poignant in the Mm -hmm. things that like being upfront and honest about, right? Our kids need people who actually care about them. Some people I've heard in the past, and it always kind of like rubs me the wrong way, is like, oh, I don't get paid to like kids. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You're in the wrong profession. But one of the things that like always stuck out with me from her TED Talk was the quote, kids don't learn from people that they don't like. So really taking the time to build those relationships with your kids, even with the ones that like make you want to pull yeah. your hair out. <laughs> Those are the ones that need it the most. (laughs) Exactly. And being able to like get to know them outside of an academic level, getting to know like their strengths, what are some things like their aspirations? What do they want to do post leaving your class? I'll never forget. I had a kid a couple of years ago that I was teaching and he was a fifth grader at the time. He's now like a junior in high school. (laughs) long time ago um he told me like him and I we were we were had sometimes in class but he is an incredibly just witty and just very smart very smart kid I ended up giving him a ride home one day after school mom had to last minute go to work other things fell through and I was like sure like no worries cleared it with our principal and all that fun stuff and he looked at me and he said Miss Clark I'm going to invite you to my my Harvard college graduation. Mind you, like this kid's 10, Aww. right? So that was always a moment that kind of like stuck out for me is him and I would have like some very tumultuous days in class, but we really took the time to sit and get to know each other, how he best works and functions in a classroom, mm-hmm. where he wants to go in the future, what he wants to do in the future. And so for him to to say that for me, I was like, this is a full circle moment. Yes. So I definitely, definitely, you know, recommend building very strong relationships. If you take the time to build those relationships, mm-hmm. things are going to be so much easier for you. 
I have an example. We had this student in class and he was a terror for everyone. He just was, he wasn't met with people understanding what his true needs were. And, you know, I talked to him and he was hungry. He didn't have any food at home. And so I brought in peanut butter and bread and something that could stay in my classroom without being refrigerated, right? In a place Mm -hmm. where he could go get it. Anytime you need like a sandwich or something, go make yourself a peanut butter sandwich. And that was all it took. He would do anything for me, absolutely anything, but still would go into other classrooms and be just a nightmare. Taking that time to build those relationships is key and it has to be done. Good advice. Thank you. Absolutely. And then the best advice given to you. I don't know that it was necessarily advice, something that someone would say verbatim, but it was more kind of like an experience. This is what I mean by that. So my first year teaching back home in North Carolina, I taught at a brand new public charter school and we were a one-to-one blended learning school. Really wanted to focus on the student experience, making sure, you know, like if they had the devices from like third to I think eighth grade at the time, that those students were utilizing those in the classroom, they could take them home, utilize them for homework, projects, whatever. And Dr. Randall Sampson, who is awesome. Dr. Sampson? Yeah. Yeah. You can find him on Twitter, um, at Randall Sampson. He was our blended learning coach. And he really pushed me (laughs) outside of my comfort zone in terms Mm -hmm. of not being afraid to try new tools, integrating and or utilizing the Chromebooks that we had for our kids um, in ways that were meaningful and not just a substitute for something that we wanted to do in a lesson, but also like really empowering our kids to be able to not only own their work, but feel empowered enough to say, Hey, I really know how to use this tool. Like, how can I help my classmates? They taught me so many things, different platforms, tech tools that year. It was a whirlwind of Mm. just new information, but all of my kids were thoroughly enjoying all of their time when it came to, to utilizing that Chromebook. He always pushed me to be a risk taker and really to find ways to help my kids thrive at utilizing their technology in, in ways that, you know, they weren't used to before. And, oh, I can utilize Google Documents to do all this planning for this project that we're going to do. Or I can create a presentation that is not on a trifle board <laughs> um, using EduCreations which was my first time learning about that was one of my kids taught me about it. Definitely shout out to him because he really got me focused and thinking about what kind of teacher I I wanted to be because I didn't have a mentor teacher in my first couple of years. He got me really, really thinking about that and really trying to think of new ways to create engaging experiences for my kids. Awesome. And he is Definitely a relationship builder and passionate about hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. So you are lucky to Very lucky. have him. Awesome. I can't wait till he listens to this. He'll be so I know, right? Happy. Hi, Dr. Samson. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually knew I'm in Ohio. Ashley's in Maryland. Dr. Samson's yeah. in, in Ohio. And I know him 
one day Ashley said she knew him, and I was like, what? Yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> of course everybody knows him. And I knew him in, in North Carolina. Right. Of, of, like, all places. So. So cool. It's crazy how things are full circle. It, it is. It is. All right. So let's talk about this incredibly amazing, creative, useful tool that you created. It's the new teacher playbook that you created for educators. And we're calling it a new teacher playbook, but I would argue that, again, this is something not only for new teachers, but for veteran teachers. Would you, mm -hmm. would you say? Absolutely. And someone who spent, I think I was six years in the classroom, by the time I was hitting like year four, five, and six, I started feeling like, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do, I know this content, like the back of my hand. I know how to start my school year off right. And to an extent, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I think that kind of, I'm a colleague, I see it, arrogance, if you will. <laughs> we really have to understand that as teachers, we are lifelong learners ourselves. And being able to model that for our kids is super important. So the practices and things um, and, and means of organization that I highlighted in the new teacher playbook teacher playbook, if you will, yeah. really just help to figure out better ways of prioritization and organization and really helping to build those relationships, those meaningful relationships with your kids, while also being able to eventually free up some time for yourself in the classroom. Because oftentimes I think us as educators, we get inundated with all these things that we have to get done during the day. And then if we don't get to them, then of course we feel the burden. Oh my God, now they have to come home and we have to do them, get them done at home at night. So I wanted to make sure to, to create that opportunity to have those integrated in there so that technically anyone could visit it. So this playbook is something that Ashley created I'm going to put it in the show notes so you can have access to it. But what I love about it is it's something that you could go back to and revisit time after time and continuously find something new in there. She shares, what do you do if you don't know where to find your curriculum? How to make content more visual? Uh, because we do, we get stuck in the death by PowerPoint sometimes and even on our walls we get stuck with way too many things right especially as a new teacher you're just like oh i'm gonna buy all this cool stuff i'm gonna hang it up and my classroom's gonna be so pleasing when and sometimes it can be overwhelming there's a lot of pressure i think when it comes yeah. to decorating your classroom especially when you have those instagram and TikTok teachers that are just decking out their classrooms yes and it can be very easy to be feel pressure to make sure that your classroom looks a specific way. So definitely utilizing those different means of prioritization. Like mm -hmm. we can still do that, but let's shift it in a different direction. Yeah. One area that you created was building relationships. So between the student and teacher and the students and students, right? So they mm -hmm. need to be collaborative together to make your classroom more welcoming, to make it flow better. And then one of my favorite parts on here, it was the organization part. Again, new teacher, veteran teacher, like the classroom layout and the organization for students and teacher organization, especially I think as a new teacher, you're just like, oh, I wanna see, you know, how to organize because 
you don't know until you get in there. So you don't know what you don't know. So I love that part. That was probably one of my favorite things is being a teacher and or one that like I always <laughs> hounded my kids on was we're going to be in this classroom every day, this environment. It should be a place where not only everyone feels welcome and comfortable, but also it should be clean. Yeah. It should be organized. You should have a say in processes, things that we're planning and all of that. But also, too, you should know where to find certain materials. You should know procedures and how to clean up, how to take care of your your things in your classroom. Like, they're, I purchased them, sure, but, like, they also belong to you. So that was always a, a big thing is making sure your students, you have buy-in from them. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, like if you're left cleaning up your classroom every single day, that is a nightmare. Oh. Enlist your students. Nine times out of ten, they're going to be more than happy to help pitch in and make that a reality. Oh, definitely. Giving them jobs, making them owners of their classroom. Oh, and them- they, love, they love the jobs. Yeah. <laughs> they love the classroom jobs. And I taught high school and high school. They love the jobs. So it's not yep. just fifth grade and elementary and you know they the secondary they love the jobs too and then Ashley created this really nice communication piece for teachers and students and then students communicating with one another and then most importantly communicating with families so that's where it's scary when you're a first year teacher connecting with parents and families you just don't know what it's like and it can be very overwhelming and scary Absolutely. And oftentimes what I would come across was one, like the parent or and or the family would be super appreciative of, mm-hmm. of whatever the communication was, right? But helping A, to find a balance between the disciplinary communication yes. and positive communication is so important. Parents and or families don't want to hear, your child is struggling with doing X, Y, Z today. Yeah. So finding a healthy mix of doing that, but also too, I would find myself sometimes teaching my parents about the content itself. As a former math teacher, common core is totally different yeah. uh, than, than the way that most of my parents and families learned how to do certain things in math. So just to help, you know, one, build the relationship capacity with them, but also two, the academic capacity. Some of our parents... They need that and they, they love that because then they're, they're able to help support their learner at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The resources that you put in here, as Ashley was creating this and asking for feedback, I was like, I am so in love with this. We're going to make this a resource for all educators. The resources that you put in there, I was super excited to see the ones for the families. Like, how do I communicate good news to families? And Thank you. Is there anything else you want to add about the resource? One of the things that I recommended in there was starting off with one area and or resource at a time because it isn't the playbook itself is a is a pretty meaty resource in terms of like there's a lot of really good stuff in there. But it's one of those resources that you can continually go back to and probably find some new information. So definitely recommend like starting with one, working your way through it that way. Yeah. Because the last thing obviously we want to do is is to overwhelm in a different capacity. Yes. 
Yep. Yep. There's a lot there. Take your time, look through it, see what speaks to you. What are your greatest needs? And then revisit. And we so appreciate you, Ashley, making this for everyone. No, thank you. That was, it was honestly really fun. It was a lot of things that I wish I had known and or collective wisdom of things that I've learned from other educators um, over the past couple of years and just compiling it into a one-stop shop resource. And so hopefully it's helpful for you all. Yes. And I won't ask you to create something so, so big until after the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah.